Hey, welcome back to another episode of Guardians of the Future. Lots of movement again. We'll talk about all that. And we've got uh, Joe Koblitz fresh off of his big Vegas. uh, I guess it wasn't really a bender, but it was uh, quite the trip. Right, Joe? Yeah, what's up, doggies? Got to bring some energy in this. You sound sad. (laughs) (laughs) How was your your Vegas trip? I'll say this, like... I, the last wrestling event I went to was an invasion, which I don't know if our Cleveland listeners will know, was at Gundarina in 2004, I think, or maybe 2003. And I remembered pro wrestling being like, I know, I mean, obviously it's fixed, but I remembered it looking real fairly and it looks so fake now. And I just, I don't know if it's cause I'm older or if it's, if they're not as good as at faking it. <laughs> Does Ric Flair still wrestle? No, his daughter does. Uh, she was there, oh. and uh, Charlotte Flair. And the funny thing is, the only guy I had ever seen wrestle when I was watching wrestling was Edge. I can't believe that guy's still out there. Edge, like Edge from like Edge from Edge Christian and, and Edge. Yes. Oh my god. He, he was in the championship fight against some guy I've never heard of. Which I mean, most of them were guys I've never heard of, but whatever. The Undertaker finally retired, right? That's the official. I think like that's so. done. I, I don't know. Most of them are dead or retired. I would assume. <laughs> Man, it's it's been a long time it's since really, I watched wrestling. I, see, I, my my history with wrestling is silly, similar to my baseball history because I remember they used to be on UPN with the Indians, yeah. and there were days where you would turn on UPN on like a Thursday. I think it was for SmackDown on Thursday, and you would turn on and be like, "I want to watch the Indians," and it's like, "No, you have to watch The Rock." <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm watching The Rock tonight. <laughs> <laughs> instead of Charles Nagy starting. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely... Body slam. Yeah, I remember that growing up. And then, I mean, that's what STO, it, it, when it first started, was amazing. Because it was like, you get 150 games? I'd love to watch 150 games. Yeah, instead of, uh, what was it? 100 and... It was 120. I forget how many. Uh, it used yeah, to I be. don't I, know. I remember, I remember Select Saturdays in like the mid nineties where they would just be on the radio only. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was a one o'clock game. And I'm like, well, this stinks. I'm like eight years old. And yes, it's great. Yeah, like, no, it never, Hamilton, but, and now you can't imagine a game not being on TV. <laughs> right. You're like this game. I, I don't, I can't tell you the last time a game wasn't on TV for Cleveland in the last five, six, six yeah. years. And so maybe uh, you guys should think about that when you complain about Lake County not being on TV. <laughs> Oy, well, uh, I don't want to get into that. That's a, I, I would imagine at some point they're going to do that, but that, that comes from a lot of, a lot of people above that um, make those decisions. I I was, it's it's kind of but the idea, like you could just throw a camera up somewhere and, and have no audio or whatever, and just have people watch it, probably for free. Like Here's, it wouldn't cost you anything. But then you you may feel like you want to put out a better production than that. You know what's funny about that is is okay. So when the captains first came to Lake County, they were on TV like a handful of days out of the year. They used to have a TV partner, um, and. I noticed that I, I had someone answer this from who covers the Reds, Doug Gray. Um, Dayton is on 
Dayton CW channel, the the Dragons. Because I, I watch it on, on MLB TV when the captains play there because they have a really great setup. So I'm like, oh, great. I can you know watch the captains on the road and have a good quality. But they don't have velocity on their broadcast if it's not on the CW. Only on CW games, they have the radar gun tied in. Hmm. But the funny thing is, every ballpark except for Lake County pretty much has the radar gun somewhere in the ballpark. They're the only ones. Lake County is the only ballpark that I know of that I've been told that doesn't have like radar gun on a scoreboard or, or somewhere around the mm-hmm. ballpark. And they don't, they, so some, I know a lot of broadcasts don't tie it in. So like, why would you, why would you spend the money on any kind of MILB TV setup and half asset? Like, why would you have a, a, a shitty camera and no velocity? Like if you're not, if you're going to have a crappy quality, just don't bother spending the money. Am I right? Yeah, I guess. What's I don't know. Point? I'm not there. I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, Lake County is a and ballpark. I, yeah, is great. It's just. Yeah, I don't watch them. I don't watch Lake County. Like, oh, like I, I go this, is, this is the first year. This is the first year Lynchburg has MILB TV. And their setup is not great. Like their, their home plate, their, their main camera is fine. But their other cameras kind of stink. Like it would almost be better if they just left the one camera the whole time and not change cameras. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So, I, I thought honestly, I've thought about trying to do something like that from the Arizona League, if I could get some access to to go vertical, and you could just rec- <laughs> record from like the terrace or something like that, or from the they have these stands that you can you can access on or uh, personnel can access at the on the side fields. Like, and if you shot from up there, you could get the whole game. From where I stand, you can't get. You know, there's a lot of movement. It would be difficult. Can we just like, did you did you watch the Little League World Series game no. last night? On no. okay, so, um, whoever is living behind wherever they uh, constructed this field, they have houses in the in the outfield, like along the side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, so these people had those construction cranes where you can like, sit, like they have those boxes where you can kind of like stand in. Like the, what do they call those? Yeah. The people who work on like power lines use yeah. the buckets, you know? Yeah, the bucket people. Yeah, so they, they had those big <laughs> buckets in the in the outfield, the construction ones from people's houses. And the families were just sitting in them watching the game from their backyard and those things. So maybe we can just get you one of those and you can, you know, set up in center field and do that or something. We'll get yeah. you a big tripod. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Could you drive that thing over there where they say something? I probably, <laughs> I don't know. Just tell us for your dog. Your dog needs like, <laughs> I leave the dog at home. now. It's too hot. <laughs> he yeah, could be out for like 10 like... minutes, but it's, it's 110 degrees. The, the other day when great. the game really ended, here. It, it went, when the game ended, it was a hundred and I was like, this is comfortable. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I was, I was looking at the Joey Cantillo box score or from the, his, the, the game, box score from the game he did his rehab from. And it said first pitch, it was like 97 degrees at 5 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Like, Yeah, that's not bad. It, it's been fairly cloudy and rainy uh, this summer. For 97 at 5 o'clock to sound good to me, just that sounds hmm. like a whole other... That sounds like another world. But it's not. It's Arizona. Um. Okay, maybe we should get to like real baseball. Yeah. Talk. yeah. 
How about I'll I'll let I'll let you drone out about this one. Uh, first bit of news since we um, had our last podcast. Uh, yeah, Kenzie Noel promoted from Lynchburg to Lake County in 21 at bats over five games. He has now has his first homer and eight singles, five ribbies, um, eight strikeouts, no walks yet. He had three of those strikeouts in his first game. So he was over four mm. in his first game with three strikeouts did not look pretty. Um, so in the last four games, he's only struck out five times and has eight singles and a homer. So at least he's, Looking like he's settling in. What are your thoughts on? I know you've been you've been waiting for Noel to be promoted for like I don't know six weeks now. I don't know if it's been that long. Uh, he's only twenty years old, so give him a minute. He's one of the younger guys there. <laughs> he did steal a base yesterday, which was surprising as I was reading the yeah. minor league report. It's it's his third this year. He's not fast. I mean, he he's a big dude. He, he <laughs> and it takes him. It takes a little bit to get the train rolling, as it were. I, I my favorite things about him are that he's so unusual as a player. Like I, I love weird guys, and to see a guy his size go opposite field all the time and really make like he doesn't usually strike out that much, so that's kind of surprising. But I mean, it is a new level, so I, I think he'll flip the the strikeout and walk rate a bit. Uh, as he gets used to the pitching there. I mean, obviously, I would say he needs to stay there for the rest of the year. There's no reason to rush at this point. And maybe even start there next year, depending on how things work. Well, yeah, if he doesn't start there, then... I mean, I don't think Joe Naranjo is going to start in Akron next year. He hasn't exactly mastered high A, but... Who I, knows? I, they, you, I, mean, I know people liked him when they, they drafted him, and he was okay when he was here. I'm just not really... I, I never saw like big league potential in Naranjo. There's certain guys they that I've seen come through Arizona in the last couple of years where it just seem very run of the mill minor league guys that I don't have a whole lot of expectation for. Yeah, his profile is is you're talking about weird profiles. His is kind of weird because he's not like I, I've heard him described as sneaky power. We're talking about Naranjo, and he's got good bats ball skills and he's a great defender the problem with him is <clears throat> if he was not throwing left-handed i think he would be like a third or a third or second baseman i don't think he'd be a first baseman the problem is he throws left-handed mm-hmm. and he's not really an outfielder he'd be he would be on the infield somewhere but he he throws left-handed so he's stuck at first base and that's it and well and that's that's one he of has the, to hit that's one of the fun things about the junkie is uh He's really a decent third baseman. I'm not going to say he's good, but he's good enough that when you add factor in the offense, he can get every day at bats by playing first, third, and DH. Whereas a lot of these other guys, either the offense isn't good enough to warrant time at DH, or you know they can't necessarily move around that much. Yeah, I, I watched him play third base on and Dayton on video. Uh, it wasn't pretty. He did make an error. I, I mean, yeah, he messed up one when he was here too, and they called it a hit, but it was definitely an error. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. People need to realize when you're watch when you're looking at a box score, you're looking at stats, and it says, "Oh, this guy made an error." With minor leaguer, with minor league stuff like that, you've really got to watch the video and see because 
some some places have good minor league scores. Like I think in Lake County, for the most part, they have guys who are really good with scoring. But that's not the case everywhere. And sometimes some of these plays just look like, okay, there's no reason that guy should be given an error because he shouldn't make that play. That's the exact so, op- that's the exact opposite of Arizona. They always err on the side of the fielder. The the scorer does. So if like I saw one the other day, and I I love Durango. I think it was him. He like makes three bad turns on a ball, and then it flips off of his glove when he goes to catch it, and they call it a double. And it's like that's not a double. He he should have caught that very easily. And uh, they call you know I've seen quite a few of these plays. It's very rare for them to call an error, even though there's probably four or five per game. <laughs> you know they might that's call one or why two the of box them. Scores. That's probably why the box scores look so bad for the pitchers down there. And absolutely, like, and I, I mean. I have it, not seen a lot of good lines from there, pitching wise. It depends on where they're playing. Like recently, they've been playing at the Goodyear Ballpark, which has great lights and a great field. But a lot of the times, they play on backfields, which are not well lit and are not great fields. And so you can even just get bad bounces on the infield. And there are so many infield hits because of that. Yeah, what's what's up with the ballpark thing right now down in Arizona? I know you wrote about it, but I don't, I don't know honestly. My guess is that the fields are flooded or were for a bit but even from the beginning of the season it was kind of random like when i went up to see the dodgers play in a camelback i was very surprised that they were playing at the big league park and every time i've seen the white Sox play at camelback they've played on the backfields so it's kind of with, with flooding right was it not flooding? that not that one that was early in the season before it started raining I, this week it may have been because of flooding because i don't even know that they have a tarp on that field <laughs> like they it's a practice field it doesn't rain during spring training more than a sprinkle every you know every once in a while it, it really is rare to get extended rain during spring training so they generally don't cover the fields I, I remember years ago it did rain real bad in spring training and the reds covered all their fields and the indians didn't and the indians had to cancel all their practices because they just didn't bother tarping up the fields and the reds were able to play even though they're further south and and huh and it's a little lower. It probably should have been more flooded over there. I feel like I feel like being part of the grounds crew, like in the minor leagues, is really tough. But it must be even tougher in Arizona, where the weather is just really odd. You have to like well, know yeah, the weather. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the it's it's a full time job for a bunch of people to keep that grass alive. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's extremely difficult. So yeah, there's like three full time crews in just for the development complex, just to keep the grass alive and things looking nice that sounds like something i want to be no part of when i was in i I think i've told this story before when i was working in syracuse for the college summer league team i had to like round up all the college kids and get them to like pull tarp and do stuff and getting college kids to pull tarp was uh, (laughs) a lot of fun yeah as trying to boss around college kids as a college kid generally is yeah, and I was, so prop, props out to those guys. I mean, I've seen them tamping down the ma- mound like a pitcher complaining it's too soft, and then they have to go out there and smash down that dirt to it and keep hitting it. And it's like I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm like, they probably—I <laughs> I don't know honestly. Like we talk about minor leaguers not getting paid, they might get paid more than the players, but they still don't get paid much. So shocking. That's just they're, shocking. They're that hourly leads, play minor league. So. They get paid more than minimum wage, so they're probably getting paid more than minor leaguers. You hope. 
but that's I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, I guess that means not. I mean, he got a, a big signing bonus, but uh, George Valera will get a little bump in his paycheck because, according to sources, this has not actually been official yet. So, um, had the news earlier on Twitter. Um, but George Valera is set to go to Akron starting tomorrow, I believe. Let me check my schedule, but I think Akron is going to be at home tomorrow. Does that sound right? I have no clue. I am worried. not a schedule guy. I should, I'm worried about the nice game. We, got, we just have the two DSL teams in the ACL playing on Mondays. So, <laughs> Yeah, thank goodness everywhere but Ohio plays on Mondays. Yeah, Akron starts at home tomorrow at 635 against Altoona. So expect George Valera to be in the lineup um, for that one. George Valera is hitting a nice solid 256, 435, 48 line. Over his last 20 games, George Valera um, had a 510 OBP and a 1237 OPS. I think he walked, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday's game, but he walked... Oh, it was Saturday and Sunday's game. Um, he was walked three times in both those games. George Valera has had a walk in every game um, going back to August 13th. He has had... Okay, so since August 1st, he has walked in every game except for one. Or, I'm sorry, two. So the way it looks is that high A pitchers just stopped pitching to him or he just got so used to them that he knew what to look for and decided he was only going to swing at things he could crush. And then when he swung, he crushed it. So um, I personally think, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's a little bit different in Arizona, but I will say George Valera is maybe the second, if not the best prospect I've ever seen play for Lake County, right, right behind or in front of Jose Ramirez. Like, I think he's the best player this the this stop has had since Jose Ramirez. I already made the joke on Twitter. I'm not doing it again, but it is offensive to when you say that. That's that's I saw. Okay. I saw your, <laughs> no, no. The man spent his just whole because, life in Lake just, County. <laughs> just he because gave up everything Spolino that came, <laughs> he came within three games of setting the all time captains games played record. That doesn't mean that he was good. It just means that, he was there a long time. Well, if he wasn't good, why they keep him around so long? They loved him. Because they paid him like a million dollars and they mm-hmm. they wanted something out of him. So they felt like the people of Lake County wanted to see him. And and you know what? They He was not even playing well. This is Dorses Paulino for those who like <laughs> don't get the reference. No, they got to go on Twitter and follow me. Yeah, go follow Joe <laughs> and go look for that tweet and then mute him and then mute me so you don't see all that ridiculousness. But... Um, Dorsus Paulino was, I don't know, they gave him like a $1.1 million signing bonus, I think. And he was like supposed to be the next best, best shortstop and he was a yeah, great no. hitter. And um, he literally was not, he was not playing well for Lake County at the time. And they came back from on the road and, and this next homestand, he would have broken the record. And instead, Cleveland decided to promote him to Lynchburg, who at the time was the high A team. <laughs> so I'm like, he, he's not even playing well. And they're just like, you know what? We're going to promote him. He's not going to set the record for most um, captain's games played all time. But sure, we can, we can go Valera, no, okay, so Ramirez. The problem with uh, sure. 
I mean, he may have been one of the best hitters in, in Arizona, but he didn't play that much because he broke his handmate bone and missed his first, mm. what should have been his rookie season. So, like, Bracho looked better than him in, at that point, and then Rokio ended up looking better than him, too, out of just that class. So it's – that's tough to say. And obviously Bobby Bradley was probably the best hitter I've ever seen in Arizona. I know he won the triple crown. Yeah, he was, he was insane. Yeah, him. But I mean, like recently, it's so hard to judge numbers down here because Yiner Diaz and Julian Escobedo just like went off the handle that one year. And Escobedo, <laughs> Escobedo is playing better now. Well, I don't so. know. Lake County moving to the bottom of their lineup, but he's having a hard time settling in. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, it, it, it's hard to judge at this level. But yeah, Valera's fun. I, somebody did ask on Twitter, too. I didn't see if you put it in there. But how his defense is, I remember him having an extremely strong arm and not much for range. They they kept trying to put him in center field, and it didn't really make sense to me. Like they had Who so asked many... that question? I'm going through to find it. I don't know. I, I was just looking before we jumped on here. But uh, I, I don't understand. Like If you have better guys to play center, his bat is obviously good enough to play corner outfield. Just let him play the corner outfield, and then you have a stronger defense overall. So I like him in right field because of that. I, that was Will Cantrell on Twitter. Thanks for pointing that out, and thanks for asking the question, Will. Yeah, what do you think of Valera's defense? I'm with you. I think corner is probably the best option for him. But I mean, he's not he's not terrible in center. Like he's he's got good instincts. He's he's a pretty good runner. He's very um, he gets good reads. I don't mm-hmm. know if he has like the speed and range of a like. He's not. He's definitely not a mile strong. Like. You know, you're not talking yeah. about a guy you're going to put in center field. and But, I mean, this is a team that was willing to roll out uh, Ben Gamble and Jordan Luplo and Lonnie Chisenhall in center field yeah. the last, like, 10 years. So, and Tyler I mean, Naquin. But, like, I mean, I, I don't have an apology. If you're willing to put Tyler Naquin in center field, I, I put George Valera in center field. He's better than all those guys. I would but, say I haven't followed his situation that closely, but I can't imagine that Terry Francona is going to be managing a George Valera team. I, I that's don't. A, that's a think they're gonna that's cross a good paths. point i okay so that that brings up something else i wanted to ask you i i don't think they'll do it because this is not how the organization ever operates because i don't know whatever they, but things could change because of the new cba over the winter but um i i think that george valera would be ready to face major league pitching by like this time next year i mean he's gonna finish this year in double a he's gonna probably He's probably going to start next year in Akron and then get to Columbus by like July. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think he can handle major league pitching next year. Cleveland will not do it probably, unless there's like a drastic CBA change and how you know what's an interesting time works. An interesting thing that in Arizona is recently the Indians' prospects in fall ball have not been great. Uh, they've been kind of other than Nolan Jones, but he got hurt pretty pretty quickly. They have not been sending their best, but back in the day when I first started watching these games, they were sending Jason Kipnis, I think was in the first season I watched, and Francisco Lindor uh, came out here. So like they were sending their top prospects to help them skip a level. And if they could send him out, like he gets a month or two, month or whatever we have left in the season in Akron, then could play in the Fall League, then I don't see any reason he wouldn't be in Columbus quickly in 2022. Yeah. By like June. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he could move quickly if they did that with him. I was thinking, actually I was thinking of Noel as another guy 
who would be a good fall league guy just because he can play multiple positions, which they, those teams are always um, a mess because you've got five guys from, you know, five different teams. So you really got to, you know, mix things up. I, I do think Valera would be a candidate for um, AFL. I think. Yeah, because, because Jan Kenzie missed a quite a bit of this season with two different injuries. I think he's a candidate. And then, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Jose Tina gets out there, and I don't know, maybe Joey Cantillo. Because yeah, they only have a, a most of the year. They're only allowed to put one or two guys, I think, from low A. That they, they generally try to pull from double A AA or triple A. Right, so that's but why. I mean, yeah, they're allowed to have one or two have, guys from the lower levels. Yeah, you would have um, you would have Noel and Tina from mm-hmm. high A, and then. Valera from Double A, and then maybe Cantillo, who yeah, and, the, and I don't they know do like to, would be you know injured guys, whatever. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, so I think those are some good candidates mm-hmm. right there. But yeah, you're right. The the AFL could could speed up his development a little bit, and I think the only the only weird thing about that is, and I, I know you're probably going to disagree, and I I was going to ask you this. Um, I right now I would not put. Noel on the 40. And I think you said not to put him on the 40 either. I thought you said this. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe you didn't. I... It... But do you think that, do you think that putting these guys in the AFL, like Valera is obviously going to be on the 40, but like to me, Noel and Tina are, I see what you're saying. You're showcasing are... them. Yeah. You're going to get them more looks this way. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a very competitive environment. Like they'd be facing other very good prospects likely. Yeah, I've seen some of the best players in baseball, you know, MVP candidates. It's not just like Lindor was a mistake, uh, you know, when he was there. There's plenty of guys there that are among the best in baseball that go to this league. Especially, I mean, mostly it's, I think it's double-A guys who want to skip triple-A. That that tends to be the, like, the number one candidates for getting good prospects there. And so, yeah, I could see that as a showcase of someone like him. I think at this point, you might have to add him to the forty man. I, it, it's tough. They no, obviously, yeah, they obviously have a lot of decisions to make. I think there's still something like twenty guys from the draft. Yeah, there's almost twenty players from the draft who haven't been added to a roster yet. They, they got to make some decisions here, and a, a lot of those could be coming from the top. You know, getting rid of guys who are on the forty man already. Yeah, I, I think the AFL could that, maybe that maybe Noel does not end up in the AFL because they don't want to expose him. Like that's like possible. Showcasing yeah. <clears throat> like people have been asking like or saying, oh, Cleveland doesn't want to promote Noel to like County because they don't want to they don't want to showcase him against better pitching or um, you know whatever. And I'm like, that's not really a thing. Yeah, I don't like, buy that. Like like scouts. Okay, if a scout changes his opinion uh, of a guy based on I don't know, 30, 30 games in high A versus whatever he's seen in low A, that scout never had a good look at him in the first place, and that scout might be unreliable. Like, they're going to take the overall picture, and, and they've been they've been watching this guy all year at low A, and they've probably seen him back in Arizona as well. So well, and you can't, 30, 30 high A games doesn't change anything. You can't run an organization like you're scared. Like, you can't be like, oh, no, we have to hide this person because they're going to take him. Right. Like, no, you got to be aggressive. Move people up when they should be up because you're trying to get them to the major <clears throat> leagues. I, obviously not everybody, but well, 
a, a large There's... amount of them you think have a chance at being in the big league. So you really got to, you know, don't worry about what anyone else thinks. You got to do what's best for you as a, you know, a Cleveland Guardians organization or whatever you want to call them. There's there's no hiding players. This is in 2021. Yeah. You you don't well, hide players. Like look at well, you don't put them on TV. The, that's the secret, <laughs> right? That, you don't put them on TV, right? <laughs> that's why that's why in Lake County nobody knows who that the, is how good these that's players are is. on TV. Mm-hmm. That's that makes so much sense now. Okay, <laughs> glad we solved that one. But I know there are teams who like reduce their scouting departments because of COVID and all this other crap. But the ones that did that are are relying heavily on data and video. Video is is widely shared. Like, yes, there's no MILB TV, but there are cameras in that ballpark that mm-hmm. Cleveland owns in, uh, in in Lake County. So those are usually shared. And the data that uh, I think it's Hawkeye now, not not uh, not Trackman. I think they changed it. That data is shared throughout the league as well. So even the teams who don't have as many scouts seeing these guys anymore. They're still using video and data, so like there's there's no you can't hide a player. Like you can't send a Thurman Munson Stadium in Canton and let him play in this mm-hmm. crappy stadium that's thirty years old. And wait, isn't that where Brady Aiken is? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know where Brady Aiken is. You you he's not <laughs> he, in Arizona. He, he's being hidden. <laughs> so yeah, you don't know. They're, they're trying to keep him off the off the Rule Five radar. That's what it is. Oh, has, I'm, I'm totally. He did not scared. have thoracic outlet. He did not have thoracic outlet. He, they're just hiding him. That's how good the pick was. Um, I I would not put Noel on the forty for me right now. But I haven't looked in depth I do, into it, but yes, yeah, I, I, I just say. think that I think that profile, like he's right-handed hitting first baseman who can play a little bit of third, and he has he's twenty and he hasn't been above high A yet. So I feel like that's a if some team takes him, that's going to be a very hard. Excuse me, I've been sick all week, so I probably sound shittier than normal. But um, I feel like that's a hard kind of player to hide on a roster as a Rule Five pick. So I don't, I don't see a team taking that risk. And if they do, I don't think they're going to be able to hang on to him all year. Usually, the guy has to be hurt, and that's why. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree because I, <laughs> I don't think he's close to being big league ready. So I think just skip down a couple steps and uh, talk about Oscar Gonzalez again. I'll double down on that. <laughs> Oh, okay. If someone well, wants him to. I know. I got. I got called out that the other day. <laughs> was it me? I don't. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> if I said no, something. it was Hiram. It was okay. Hiram. Hiram thinks I'm what, smoking that he thinks? Because... or that he's good. No, that he should. He should be on the forty, and I still don't think he should be. I well, listen. I don't care if he gets taken in the in the rule five draft. Like so, I I don't think he's like some sort of all star in the future. I just think he could fit on a team that needs a DH. Which is not a Cleveland. team that doesn't have someone named Framel Reyes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you have Reyes, it doesn't make any sense because he's not better than Reyes. So it's like, I, I that's what I said last year, and I was wrong, obviously, because he he stuck around. But I said last year he might get taken if the NL decided to adopt the DH, which they didn't. But uh, if at any point some team needs a DH, I think he's a good cheap option. There would be kind of interesting to see if he could strike out 200 times a year. Somebody at your door because we had I probably we had Stacy we had Stacy <laughs> on the podcast like two weeks ago and somebody was at her door and her dogs went crazy and everyone was like what the heck happened this is the well my dogs daughter of yeah my daughter's IBI there but now. she should be able to take care of him hopefully 
Um, I, I see. I like. I, I, we're gonna have to have a podcast to talk about that. Probably Yumi and Willie at some point. But like, as far as the order of things, like obviously you're gonna protect Valera. You're gonna protect Brokio. You're gonna protect probably Lavastida. Then you've got guys <laughs> like Benson and Quan and Palacios and Tana, and you've got some pitchers. It's like I and you know Cody Morris. Like I just think that because of his profile and his age, guys like Gonzalez and and. Noel yeah, are behind all those. Okay, so maybe I said it wrong. I don't think they should do it. I think he could get taken. <laughs> Just because I think he those could are two get different taken things, yeah. doesn't mean I think they should protect him. I do think they should protect the big league 2022 guys like Cody Morris. You know, like you said, I, I think that type, I don't know that Lava needs protecting necessarily, but Stephen Kwan, I think, is a, a guy who could be in the big leagues in 2022. Uh, even though I don't think his ceiling is that great. I think he is good enough to be a big leaguer. And Next because of, yeah, because of that, maybe you don't need as much uh, of that time to get ready of that seasoning in AAA that you might give to somebody who, like they're doing with Nolan Jones, I guess. There's, <laughs> you know, a, there's another guy you could see in the AFL, Stephen Kwan. Because he's he missed a good part of the year this year. Oh, he was in uh, – we didn't have it last year, but he was here for Instructs, I believe. Yeah, Which also be, of him. It, it'll also be interesting if instructs go back to what they used to be, which was for DSL guys to <laughs> come to America for the <laughs> first time, you know, and for some, you know, like guys who were hurt and missed the whole year to get some innings in. Like, is it going to go back to that or is it going to be like it was last year, which is like all of the best prospects in the whole franchise, you know, coming in and getting time in? Yeah. I mean, I Instead saw Owen having... Miller like every day. <laughs> He was he was out there constantly. <laughs> Very strange. Um, okay, so Valera is in Akron, or he will be in Akron tomorrow. Uh, will Benson's already up in Columbus. He has not played a ton. I'm trying to look at the stats so far for Benson. I'm I'm on the fence about whether or not I'm rostering Benson this off season. Like, he's another guy I think that could get taken, but I'm like I'm not sure I would do it because, um. It's a risky profile. He's yeah. It's, it's two two games, seven at bats. Mm-hmm. He's uh, one for seven with a double and four strikeouts. He'll take some time to get adjusted there, but I don't know. Uh, to, to me, I'm much more like I believe in experimenting. I love I love trying out new things and seeing things that like see. Hey, maybe this will work. Let's test it out and going in and full speed testing it out and seeing it works. But then I also believe in like accepting those results and, and moving on. <laughs> Or, you know, like, continuing right. to do it. And I would have moved on from Benson, like, two years ago, I think. Uh, but obviously, they're going to keep pushing pushing on with him. And so if you want to keep him in the system, you got to protect him. Well, good thing they did. He was having a great year. He was kind of breaking out. And, mm-hmm. and he's not – he didn't, like, stay hot like he did. But I think it's a good thing they held on to him because he's still maybe still a viable big league option in some role. But – um, I wouldn't protect him just because I don't think, I don't know. Some team might take him to space on his pedigree and the, the upside, the upside obviously is crazy, but we also know that the upside might be very hard to reach for him. Um, yeah. And at some point, so, because I mean, we talk about it with like Jones too, like you guys who just hit home runs and strike out and I, he steals bases too. So that's a, a bonus. But guys who pretty much just hit home runs and strike out are valuable, but you can't make your whole roster out of them. 
And, and they have a lot that, of guys who do that. That's that's a great point. I think um, I think Zach and TJ on the Selbius Godcast said that today or over the weekend. Like, well, I don't listen to them, yes, so I didn't feel it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're not yet. Anyway, um, no, they're they're always on top of things and great people, but uh, you can't. It's like you said, you can't put all of your prospects on the roll on the forty man roster because you have to have guys like Cody Morris or, or Connor Pilkington or Adam Scott or, or you know whoever else Stephen Kwan to call up next year. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have like they, they've been carrying Carlos Vargas on the roster all year this year uh, because they don't want to put him on the sixty day IL because that would give him. Um, service time and, and big league money. Mm-hmm. So instead of that, they just operate with a dead roster spot all year. So you've got to protect yourself by having guys in the roster who can play for you next year. If you need them, you can't just have Noel and Tina and, and mm-hmm. all of these guys that are in, in high A or double A who have no chance, like, like Ethan Hankins or something. I know he's yeah. not eligible this year, but that you also, can't have those guys if they're not going to help you next year. That also really pushes up your schedule because they don't like to rush guys unless they're a college pitcher who doesn't ever walk anybody. You know, they generally don't like to rush guys through the minors and, and certainly not infielders. I mean, we've seen, again, Jones and, and Freeman, you know, haven't really moved this year. Uh, and to me, like, those are the two, your, your top two infielders. So like they're not right hitters hitters never get rushed. Yeah, so they're not pushing these guys. So yeah, you definitely don't want to waste spots on the forty man on low A guy or, or even high A guys when you know you're years away and start burning through options. Right, there's options to consider and just like even even this year like uh, Sam Henches and or J C Mejia. And Logan Allen, as of next year, those guys will not have options. So you got to figure out what to do with them in the, in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you're going to add, if you are you going to add a bunch of guys that you, that can't help your team next year on top of that? That just, I don't know. It's all very complicated. I, no, I'm glad I that you, I can just maybe talk two about or, these and yeah, not make the decisions. Maybe two or three of them, but definitely not everyone on that giant list. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to be, and, and, the, and to be fair, there are other teams that, have the same problem. Like this is not just the Cleveland problem. This is a uh, like Tampa Bay. It's why they traded away other guys. That's why they. That's why Chicago traded like Connor Pilkington. I don't mm. know. So well, and this it, is not just a, a well, Cleveland talking issue. about Benson and and Gonzalez. Maybe we always talk about Rule Five, but there is always that option where you can trade from the minor leagues. Other teams do it. It's possible you can trade from the minor leagues and bring back either like they did with the. Uh, uh, St. Louis I think did it with, well, not, no, I'm, I'm oh. going back older than that. <laughs> but they did it with, oh yeah. Oscar Mercado. W- yeah. With like Mercado and stuff like that. You can trade from AAA and bring back a ball guys. If you, you know, if you don't think that they're going to help you. Oh yeah. That's, that's like the, um, what was it? Two years ago, they traded Mark Mathias to Milwaukee for Andres Melendez. Like, yeah, they, they, they would have, those... it, it's possible. I'm just saying it's legal. <laughs> I, yeah, it's legal. I, I'm almost, I'm almost sure that's going to happen this winter. I have no idea with who, but well, we keep saying that um, over like the last five years, and it never does. <laughs> I feel, I feel like this year it has to. Otherwise, it's going to be really freaking weird. And 
mm-hmm. a, a lost opportunity. Um, so Oscar Gonzalez is hitting 304, 333, 494 in Columbus with seven homers. Good for him. Uh, can't play defense, but he's hitting the crap out of the ball. Brian Lavastida has not slowed down in Akron. 333, 402, 514 in 83 plate appearances. He is really freaking good. The Babbitt's a little bit high. Um, I would protect him. I would not. I would not risk that because I think he could catch for them next year. I also read that uh, this is Zach Meisel again from the athletic who said that the Indians have talked about um, putting him at first base to kind of increase his versatility because mm. the bat is going to be, is going to help him. It's a good bat. And why wouldn't you, you don't have to roster Bo Naylor until next year. And there's no way this team is going to have Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges here again next year. So you're going to need somebody like Lavastida ready for next year. So. I would protect him. See, somebody asked about, oh, Todd D on Twitter asked about what is the ETA on Connor Pilkington and Peyton Battenfield? Um, have you seen any of them? No, but I, I mean, I covered him in the minor league report just off of box scores and I think it was P- Pilkington looked really good uh, in his uh, last appearance with Akron. But yeah, you'd have to have I mean, some of them. I think all of his stats, all of their, all of his starts, and all of um, Battenfield starts have been good. I've watched a couple of Pilkington starts. Okay. I've watched. I think I've watched all of Battenfield starts. Yeah, you know more but, than um, me then. Well, yeah, I was just asking if you had, you know, what your no. thoughts on them were so far. I think, I think both could pitch for the big for the for the Guardians next year. Like I think they're both ready next year. Um, Pilkington's got to be added to the forty this winter if. They want to protect him. I don't. I don't know if they will. Um, you know, there's him and Adam Scott to consider. So I, I think Pilkington could be an option for them next year if he's on the forty. Um, I would say Battenfield. Battenfield to me is the better of the two. Um, I really like Battenfield's pitch mix. I like the the high arm slot with a backspinning fastball, and he's got a big curveball. He's got a good slider. He misses bats. He's a big kid. He's 6'4", 224, so he can start. Um, he does not have to be added to the 40-man roster until next year, so mm. I could see where they would not want to rush that. So they could wait on him, but I, I think both of them, if, if Cleveland really needed them next year, they could both start and be ready. They would both be, like, I, I think that if, if, Obviously, if there are no injuries, this wouldn't happen. But I don't think J.C. Mejia and, and Sam Henches had any business being in the major leagues this year, at least not when they were up. They, to me, never looked ready. They were never ready to begin with, and I think that's been pretty obvious. But I think Pilkington and Battenfield would be ready next year. You didn't. I don't think you wrote this one down, but Young Money Ryan asked, uh, will the Clippers 22 22- – uh, rotation be better than some MLB teams projecting Eli Morgan, Ooh. Cody Morris, T- Logan Allen, Battenfield, and Pilkington. So it's in the similar vein. Yeah, it's yeah. Eli Morgan probably. If, I mean, unless they trade somebody like a a police act or something in the off season, could what the major league rotation could be? What Bieber, police act, Savali, Quantrill, McKenzie, and then. Eli Morgan is your your sixth starter down in Columbus, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Cody Morris, Logan T. Allen, Battenfield, Pilkington. Yeah, that's 
that might be a pitching staff that like Baltimore would love to have next year. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Um, I mean, Cody Morris to, might yeah, get a start has, this year. Uh, who's going to get traded out of that group? Oh, that's I, a I good question. I, I almost think with like uh, you know, kind of the rebuilding idea, you got to trade from the top again. Like you definitely don't want to trade Morris. You know, as somebody with that type of upside. If it, so if I it were think... me, I would I would explore like one of the major league guys. I would like consider. I know maybe don't, you shouldn't because this year was kind of a disaster. But like, McKenzie, I would. But... I know I would say like, Plesac. Like I would. I yeah, would. That's offers on Plesac. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I was thinking about when I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, someone someone's gonna get traded. Like you can't. I mean, okay. So Logan T. Allen's gonna be in Columbus next year. He has to be, but because he was drafted in twenty twenty. He doesn't need to be on the 40 man roster oh, for like yeah. another two years. So don't, they're not going to force their decision on that before they have to, because they've got so many other weird decisions to go through in the first place. So, well, and I mean, my no roster, making... the roster I'm looking at is a couple of days old, but they still had Heath Fillmeyer and Kevin Herget and Matt. Oh, those Cox guys will be gone. Stuff. And it's like, you can make room. You, those aren't going to be trades. Those are going to be minor league free Cups. agents or releases. Yeah. So, that there will be room on that roster that doesn't exist right now. I don't know. Jacob and Stacy tell me they love watching Connor or they love watching Kevin Hirsch and Heath Fillmeyer all the time. So Okay. Well fair fair enough. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. I had not heard of either of them prior to this season. <laughs> uh I knew who Heath Fillmeyer was just because okay. he was with the Royals, but Yeah, I don't want to brag um, about my own in- ignorance. But I followed <laughs> My league fairly closely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, not a good sign if you haven't heard of them. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's try to roll. It's already forty five minutes and we've rambled. Let's try to get some other questions done. Um. Oh, Quincy had a good one. What are the names in the minors for who we should look on look out for bullpen help next year? And then somebody asked if it'll be Nick Mikolajak after that, and I said Nick Mikolajak's the one to me that probably makes the most sense. Oh, yeah. Um, Here, here's one for you. I'll throw by you and maybe not next year, but Jerson Ramirez, like he was good when he was in Arizona. And then I heard he added like three or four miles per hour to his fastball uh, when he went up to Lynchburg and he's yeah, had a what, pretty fantastic season. So when he was in Arizona, what did, what did Jerson Ramirez throw? Fastball like wise, ninety one, ninety two. Okay, so he's he's more like ninety two to ninety four now. Like he's, I've okay. seen him ninety one, ninety three. I've seen him hit ninety four. Okay, um, I had heard he had added a little more than that, but his numbers are better no, now. The, or, oh, because the the slider is just ridiculous. Oh, okay. The slider is unbelievable. Um, he throws that. I I don't. We don't have the pitch mix chart. Like I don't have a. Mm-hmm. I, I I could track it if I next time I see him I could I could tell you how many pitches he threw of each. He only has those two pitches. Next time I see him in person, I can track. But, okay, but I mean, but he's, last it, time I saw him, I think he threw like ten pitches and seven were sliders. So oh, cool, yeah. But I mean, he's been like, if you want to believe in clutch, he's got sixteen saves in twenty and thirty two games this year. Like he went up to Lake County and was immediately the closer. Uh, I I really think that could be an interesting guy that no one ever talks about i'm I'm with you you know you know what's fun about him actually is that i i, I started looking at this early in the year he 
with Lynchburg early in the year, he was throwing a lot of multi-inning outings. Like he was doing two innings, inning and a third, and he had a three-inning save back in May. And um, with Lake County, he's only pitched three innings once, but he's pitched like, okay, so his last three outings, inning and a third, inning and a third, two and two thirds. Like they continually throw him for a lot of innings. Like he, he's not just the guy that like, okay, three outs, that's it. Like he's made, I should go back. Okay. So he's thrown 45 in the third innings this year. And he's only made um, 32 appearances. So he's averaging like an inning, any a third and two thirds per appearance. That's, that's not typical. Like you don't see them push these guys as relievers mm-hmm. out for six outs at a time. Like that, that's, I kind of like that actually. Yeah. Like I said, I like unique guys. He's kind of interesting that way. He is. I mean, he, he doesn't, like I said, he only throws up 94 from what I've seen. Uh, his command's not like great. It's, it's fringy at best. Um, but that slider is really good. The slider is, is very hard to pick up. So he's, he's got an out pitch. So yeah, I'm with you. Jerson Ramirez and Nick Mikolajek is obviously. Yeah. Um, Nick. Enright. I'm still saying Carlos Vargas. Maybe. Well, okay. With Carlos when, when Vargas, he, look at it this way. Uh, and when did he it's, have the surgery though? Like it was earlier this year. Uh, yeah, it was I back in, in March. Oh, okay. So he might be back by like June. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no, okay. I guess, I guess I shouldn't say 2022, but I think maybe September. I don't know. But my, my thought on Carlos Vargas is this, they lost an option year with him this year mm-hmm. and he just had Tommy John. So you're probably going to lose an option year on him next year. So that means in 2023, he's got one option left. I, I think that kind of pushes him to a bullpen role. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I, I do think he can start, but I think he would be a hell of a reliever. And I, I actually, I, I was really bummed. He had Tommy John in general, but I was really bummed because I thought he could have been a reliever for them this year. Like, I think that's how good he is that he could have pitched in the bullpen this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were going to say Nick. Enright? I was going to say Nick Enright, but it was based off of his Lake County performance. I didn't realize how much he struggled since going up to Akron. Um, yeah, how bad has it been? Well, okay. Not so, terrible, but not not good enough that I would count on him immediately. I do think he 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 was really impressive. I that class he was in in when he came up in Arizona, there were like ten relievers. I, I remember doing a like a end of the season recap on it, and there were something like ten relievers with an ERA under two point five and a K per nine above thirteen or something. It's ridiculous numbers. It didn't even make sense. And, and they were all out of that same draft class. And Aaron Pinto is another one, I believe, that was in that same oh. group who's having a great year. That's you know what Aaron and, Aaron Pino is another guy that doesn't get a lot of love. You're right. I, I agree yeah, with him. He's got a 13.2 K per nine, 2.4 walk per nine. Like very impressive. He's got a real compact delivery. He doesn't throw very hard. At least he didn't. But but I really no, he's, liked. Uh, he's like 91, 93. Yeah, I really liked him and and right back and me. Uh, Mikel Adschek. Uh, they were all in that same group, and they were all fantastic. So it's kind of interesting to see how that that set of relievers has sorted itself out. Those those three guys, for sure, I think are options. Obviously, they won't all be up next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hard part about the bullpen is, like, yeah, you're still you're going to get rid of Blake Parker, Brian Shaw, and um, I don't know, Justin Garza still up there, and 
Trevor Steffen exists and you're stuck with James Karen checks, weird stuff now. Um, what do you like? What do you do with, with uh, the older Logan Allen and Sam Henches and JC Mejia? Like, are those guys relievers? Do they start? Like they can't, those guys are out of options. You can't put them well, back I mean, in you, AAA. Yeah, you got a month left <laughs> to figure out with what you have now. I'm not, we're not saying that any of these guys we're talking about should be called up now. We're, we're talking future. So you figure right, out what you, but, you got now, now, and then you move on from one or two guys probably. <laughs> right. But if, if, if some of these guys are ready to help the big league roster next year, which, you know, Nick Mikulacek for sure could be, how, how much room is there? Because, okay, the next year's bullpen is already, if you're stuck with Karen Shaq, him, Class A, um, Stefan, and Nick Sandlin comes back, you've got a couple spots to play mm-hmm. with, but do you keep if you if you keep one or two of Hench's Allen and and JC Mejia, that kind of limits your ability to bring up a Mikolajek or a an Aaron Pinto or something. Like that's my problem is they yeah, have and, room to even promote these guys. My general thing on a bullpen, even if you are rebuilding or reloading or whatever you want to call it, uh, you don't want to bring up more than two really young guys at a time. Anyway, you want that right. core. And, and I mean the. Class A and Karen Jack are, are fairly young anyway. So plus like, Nick Sandlin. Yeah. And Trevor Steffen. Yeah. So to bring up more guys that are, but I'm saying, cause like those guys are like the top, whatever the back end of the bullpen, uh, like to bring up more guys that are even younger. You, you don't want to fill the whole pen with those guys. One or two is right. Is fantastic. One or two at a time. You can, you can mess around throughout the year. Yeah, and you still have I don't know. This is all going to go into the forty man roster stuff this winter because yeah. like Kyle Nelson's still on the forty. He's been bad this year, and mm-hmm. Francisco Perez is now on the forty, and he wasn't good in his first AAA out or Cleveland outing, but they also brought him with bases loaded. Yeah, I would, I would like to see them push him a little more before thinking about other people too. Right, he's another one. So Nick Mikolajek, if they have room, Nick Enright's there. The thing with Nick Enright and Pinto, so. Enright throws from that high arm slot too. He has that over the top delivery. He doesn't mm-hmm. throw above like 92. Like he's, he's typically 88 to 91 tops out at 92, but he has that big, slow curveball mm-hmm. that's really hard to pick up. So he's fun there. He's got a good slider and Pinto. I'm with you on the delivery and he throws a crap load of strikes. Uh, he doesn't throw above 92, but he's, I don't know. He's just been a really effective reliever since he's been in the system. So I would love to see, Aaron Pinto get a shot. Mm. I think he could Nick Aaron Pinto could be like a Dan Otero type to me. That's who I kind of look yeah. at him as. And, and so. remember that I'm always wrong on all of these bullpen guys. Cause I liked Henry Martinez and <laughs> I like, yeah. like there were a lot of guys yeah. like, over the years where I've been like, Oh wow, this guy is killing it in triple a or double a. And then they end up not really uh, turning into anything. And, and like the, my, I was just thinking about uh, it was Ben Krauth, who actually is having had decent year with Akron this year, but I really thought like he could do it and with the slow ball. <laughs> he doesn't have a fastball. He's good. Yeah, but, Ben yeah, Krauth I, is still up there, and and I, you know who's still in AAA uh, is Robert Broom. Yeah, I, I like Broom better than Krauth at this point, but yeah. Oh, and I, my my big bullpen miss was uh, Bryce Stoll. Do you remember Bryce okay. Stoll? Yeah, I do remember him, but I wasn't high on him. Yeah, he threw like 100 miles an hour, had this like crazy funky delivery with a lot of effort, and 
Yeah. With this nasty slider. Like his slider was like 91 and double A in like 2012. And I was like, oh, this is the the next big reliever. And I think I even tweeted something about his stats because he was off to like a, a really good start for Akron. And Buster Olney retweeted it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. And Bryce Stoll never, never made the majors. His, mm-hmm. uh, he never got above. Do- I'm sorry. He made the triple A with Tampa Bay. Um, Last I saw Bryce Stoll was he got married and Jason Kipnis and Vinny Pistano were at his wedding. So <laughs> cool. That's about where he goes. Um, what are the questions? I'm going to, I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff uh, yeah. we had on here. Adam Scott has been really good since he's been healthy again. Um, I mentioned this to Willie. Yeah, he's another guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I had Adam Scott really low on our, our mid season re-rank and, I think it was because his first, like, I mean, he was hurt too, but his first two starts uh, coming back were like pretty dismal and he was throwing like 91, 92. And I was kind of like, yeah, he doesn't look good anymore. And he's been really good since. And I think, I think because Cody Morris came back and was just like killing everybody when he came back, I think I saw Scott come back and wasn't quite as good. So I kind of maybe had some bias there. So I might be a little bit low on him. Um, Tanner Burns is kind of struggling at Lake County. He does not look great to me right now. I think he's still – it's either he's rusty or he has still has an elbow issue because his stuff is flat and he's throwing like 91, 92, or he was like 93, 96 during the year. So that's rough. Uh, Daniel Spino is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know, so is so is Xavier Curry. Those two guys are unbelievable. Um. Kudos to the Hillcats pitching staff this week. They got um, Nick York of the Salem Red Sox promoted from low A to high A because he kicked their ass. Um, <laughs> like he literally just absolutely torched mm-hmm. them this week. And now he's in um, wherever they're high. A. I think high A for them is Greenville. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, essentially they helped him get promoted. And Blaze Jordan has kicked their ass all week too. So. Good for the Hellcats pitching staff. There is nobody on that pitching staff right now besides, uh, okay, Josh Wolf is back on on the roster. I don't know what happened to him, but um, like he and Lenny Torres have been okay, but that pitching staff as a whole just has been very uninspiring to me. Um, did we get to all the questions? Do we have any other ones? Uh, there was something about Jose Ramirez. By, oh yeah, uh, I know. Friend, Jeff a friend Rich. of the show. Yeah, you don't know Jeff Rich. I don't. What did? What, what's the question? Uh, so, um, uh, his question is: I know it's time we stop acting like Jose Ramirez is anything other than a third baseman. But if there's a third baseman ready to make the jump, would the prospect convert, or would the move to the middle infield be considered for Jose? And I'm assuming that is about Nolan Jones. <laughs> but Jeff Rich used to uh, do. Uh, we used to have a thing. What was the show called? Oh my god. We had a show together. Oh, are you, are you talking about that? You talking about that rotating podcast? That was yeah. With, um, yeah. What was that? Oh my god. <laughs> I was. Bad. I was never on, so I don't know. Yeah, you're too offensive. Yeah, that's me. We I can't. Uh, we couldn't take it. Uh, you were on D Wahoo. <laughs> that was on that same network. That was not okay. So I thought. I thought D Wahoo was the podcast you were talking about. No, D Wahoo was a game show I made up. And put on there, and I cannot remember what the name 
like this is so bad. <laughs> it was another podcast. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was like eight, it, maybe like five Indian sites got together, and I know Indian Baseball Insider uh, was like, no, we're too good for this. Uh, but I think you were still on Burning River at the time. I don't know. I've been so many places. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now. Sorry. Wow. This is very sad that I can't remember the things I have done. No, this was like seven. This is like eight <laughs> years ago, man. Wasn't that long Tribe ago? Tribe time now. It was called Tribe time now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah. Gosh. So Jeff Rich was on that. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> yes. So anyway, third base. <laughs> I. I still don't understand why Nolan Jones continues to play third base like six days a week because if they're I, there's no reason they won't pick up Jose's option this offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they will. Um, they keep they keep saying payroll's going to go up next year. Well, you, payroll can't go up if you trade your best player. So um, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. So they're either lying it, or they're they're going to pick the option up. So to me, the, oh, sorry. he's not moving. So I, I don't know where I don't know where Nolan Jones plays. Like he's not a great right fielder, but he's not gonna play third base and he hasn't played first base and Jose Ramirez should not be a second base, and so I'm I'm lost. But you you've got all these guys, Arius Freeman, uh I lost it a second. But all these other guys and, and, and Rokio, all all these guys coming up are shortstops. Like they're pure shortstops. So why would you move Ramirez to second to have a worse third baseman defensively. And now you have a worse second baseman also defensively. That makes no sense at all to me. Leave Ramirez where he is. I I said, I liked experimenting. I don't understand why there was never an experiment with Jones play him at first. He played a couple games in, in uh, not extended in instructs last year and was good. Like he's got, Maybe you're wasting his arm there. I don't, you know, you could argue that, but his arm isn't really accurate. So you're just wasting the strength, which is the argument to put him in right field and make him into the next Casey Blake, Lonnie Chisenhall, you know, where you can, where you take a guy with a wild arm, but strong at third and move him into right field where he can make use of that better. So I guess there is, you know, some use of that, but I'd like to see him at first base a little more. It makes no sense first, at all to me. First of all, Casey Blake remains criminally underrated. Um, I hated him at the time. Was a <laughs> Casey Blake? Casey Blake was a a key member of those squads. Um, I will not listen to any Casey Blake slander ever. Um, Are you, no, but he was a both of both Blake <laughs> and Chisenhall were third basemen that had very strong arms that were very wild, right? And they put them both in right field, and it worked out twice. And then Aaron Boone sucked, and they got rid of him, and they put Casey Blake back at third because Aaron Boone. Okay, sucked. I'm just saying it's possible. Like you can do this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and make it work. Um, and we know his bat plays the position. So I, to me, it's like yes, experiment more because it doesn't make any sense what you're doing now. But again, I've always had a problem with Columbus trying to win the Governor's Cup instead of trying to help the Indians win the World Series. Like to me, the goal of the Columbus Clippers should be exclusively get the Indians to the World Series. And a lot of times they make moves that seem like, no, the goal is to get the Clippers to win the Governor's Cup. And you want to know what? I think that 
a hundred percent is a thing that happens because I know it is. I've heard from people in the organization. <laughs> oh well, there you go. See, I don't. I don't need to tell you. You're confirming what you already know. That was a guess. I. I. I was just saying. I think you're right, but you obviously. I've heard rumors from. No, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at the moves and the way things happen in Columbus, like they, they don't run Lake County or Lynchburg that way. Um, I think that because of the partnership with Columbus and AAA being a competitive um, level, as far as like wanting to keep your relationship with that affiliate very good. I think that plays into it. So that's probably why I I will say though this year is my least problem with that in the last decade, because the position, I wonder if that's because of the new contract. I don't know. The position players in Columbus beyond the catching position are all legit. Maybe not major league prospects, but they're at least young. Uh, They're not guys that they got from, you know, who's a 10-year MLB vet or 10-year AAA vet that they brought in, you know, to fill a spot and hopefully win some games. I think the pitching staff is kind of like that a bit, which we talked about, but that's also because of injuries and issues with the big league team where they've had to fill in from outside the organization. But the, the position players in Columbus right now are all young guys. So I, I don't have a problem with it this year as much as I have in previous. I, I My problem is the usage of of Jones specifically. It is a problem. I don't understand it. Like you said, I know, I know you've said this a hundred times. Why would you not, not that Jones is a bad first baseman, but he's not as good as a third baseman as, as Jose and Jose would not be as good as second baseman now as he used to be. So like you said, you would be hurting two defensive positions to make it fit. So why, why not just put Jones somewhere else and hurt maybe one spot, whether it's right field or first base, I think mm-hmm. he'd be fine at first. Um, like uh, Carl Santana, okay, Carl Santana had a really accurate arm, but was his arm wasted at first base? Maybe, but look how good he was at turning double plays and throwing to third base mm-hmm. and getting all these crazy outs. Like his arm was kind of an asset at first base, um, so that could work. But yeah, I'm with you there. Don't I don't get it. Um, yeah, what well, is Petey Halpin ceiling? I'll say two I, people. I think say? two people asked about Petey Halpin. I, I just wanted to make sure you got to it before we moved on. Yeah, so there's a section of our our listenership out there that is like Petey Halpin's family, I think, or it's two accounts just posing as one sometimes, or one account <laughs> opposing as, as two, because I get all these Petey Halpin comments every week about what about Petey Halpin? What do you think about Petey Halpin? And I'm like, I've seen the guy like three times. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's it's uh, it's definitely the same guy. It's always uh, no, no. I'm saying I've seen Petey Halpin like three times. I, I have not oh, seen him enough okay. to make an assessment of him. Oh, well, the same guy. It's either, well, either it's um, our buddy Jared who asks about him because he loves him and I think really likes him. And then our, our best listener, one of our best listeners, uh, Nunzo is, is Nunzio Izzo. Yeah. Okay. Um, always asks about him. But I think he's a leadoff, future leadoff hitter um, who could play center field and really well and be like a 15 homer, 20 steel guy. It was Ben Nelson who asked that, but I know. Mm-hmm. Nunzio is always asking about him. So, um, do you, oh, do you think that? Okay, so that that's their one. Do you think that um, with Valera going to Akron, my guess is that if they make a move to replace his roster spot in Lake County, they'll move up. Um, Jonathan Rodriguez. Do you think that there's any chance Isaiah Green goes to Lynchburg? Oh, I saw you put Green to Lynchburg there, and I thought it happened, and I missed it. 
So <laughs> not, not yet. That, that's good to know that that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's good. He's very established. I wonder if they would uh, push. Is there somebody else? Well, th- there. <laughs> There's a mystery man, uh, Marlon Made. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's on the. He was. He owns the record for worst WRC plus in, I believe, the history of the Arizona League. Uh, and he was left off all the rosters. He's currently at the alternate site or whatever you want to call it, which means he's not allowed to play. But he's still within the organization. <laughs> the alternate site oh, no. in Arizona. No, he's not, Jeez. not not alternate site organizational uh, player. Whatever you want to. He got that. Wow notion I, I would say jorge burgos if you want a real answer <laughs> well yeah, he's been good as far as the box scores tell me yeah and and my issue with durango who i like very much he's very fun to watch is he's not and i'm gonna say this here because i won't put it in a post he's not as good at defense as he should be and he reminds me of gabriel mejia where oh no he could Gabriel Mejia was so fast he could run around in three circles and still catch a pot fly and I think Durango is kind of doing that and it's like you don't just because you can doesn't mean you should <laughs> you like you you gotta learn how to make a better route and that worries me a little bit and I think Durango could definitely he'd be worth keeping here more than Green or Burgos who I think could move up. I think someone should tell. Uh, Elon Musk that just because you can doesn't mean you should no I disagree there really anyway um, <laughs> let's <laughs> fine let's do player of the week and get out of here because uh, it's been an hour um, okay. uh, first up we have last week so you have to pick these to pick the winner I know you'll pick the right one um, oh, last week it was Caleb uh, let's see. I picked Peyton Battenfield last week and Brian Lavastida. So last week, Brian Lavastida went six for 24 with a homer, three doubles, four RBI. Peyton Battenfield um, in his one start, went six innings, struck out seven, gave up in a run on two hits and hit a batter. Caleb went with Cody Morris, who went four innings, who all of his starts are four innings at this point. Uh, five hits and earned run, only struck out two. And he went with Brian Rocchio, who went seven for 25 with a homer, a double, and five RBI. So who had the better week? I'll, I'll give it to you on that one, but both of you made really good picks. It was a good week. Because of the three doubles for La Vestita puts him a little past a home run and a double. Maybe Battenfield did have two, and a, two yes, more innings Battenfield pitched. Battenfield had a better start, yeah. All right, so I've got six wins on the year. The group of you all has one, fair. two, three, You're on every four, episode. five, six. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I add it up. You guys are all, you're a team. I, I'm on every episode, but so I, I don't, don't count. Cool those plebs. Okay, well, <laughs> that means you got to be on more episodes. Um, so I'm looking... six to five. I have six. You guys have five. All right, I have to look at my um, picture. Okay, I got him. Yeah, I already wrote down your hitter for you. No, you didn't. I already knew what you were. I'm chasing Yes, I did. No, no I you're believe- not. I'm Get picking out. guys in Arizona only. What? All right, that Milan. I wrote down no. I'm gonna t- <laughs> uh, okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in Lake County this week for Jan Kenzie Noel's uh, first home games in Lake yeah, County. So you pick him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell him you didn't pick him after picking him all year. Didn't I pick Luis Drango once? I'm pretty sure I did. I don't know. You're you're the Jan Kenzie Noel guy in our on our our I site. Know. So I'm picking Milan. I'm gonna tell him. Okay. That's fine. 
I took George Valera, uh, his first week in Akron. I'm going to go bold and say he'll have a good first week in Akron. And Adam Scott. Okay, and my pitcher is off the walls, and I have no clue if he's actually going to pitch this week uh, because he's been pitching like once every 10 days. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm going to go with Austin Aldiano. <laughs> Because so far sure. in his his entire career, he has 11 strikeouts and 11 innings, and he's yet to walk a batter. And his last start was his best this, of his career. So okay. if he doesn't pitch this week, count him for next week, because he will. You just don't know which week. Okay. And you're taking Milan Tolentino? Yes. Okay. Oh, Nunzio had one more question, one last-minute question. Let's hear about Tim Heron. Um, I like Tim Heron. He throws like 92 to 96 and has a cutter and, and a slider. He can miss bats. He's, I, I wouldn't say he's a 2022 reliever. I would say he's a, a 2023 reliever. So Okay. Yeah, I, I, I remember him being one of the harder throwers, but being a little wild, but that could be my uh, false memory there because it doesn't look like he was that wild. Yeah, his, his command's okay. He's, he gave he's, up a lot of hits when he was here. He does not throw a ton of strikes, but he throws. he's got good enough stuff to miss bats where he gets away with it right now. I don't know what that'll look like at, the, at, a, at a higher level, but he's 24 and he's in high A. He, he should probably be in Akron, mm-hmm. but they don't have room for him there with, you know, Aaron Pinto and and Nick Enright and Nick Mikolajek. So, yeah, Tim Heron, I do like him. Uh, he is and he's gigantic. He is one of the tallest left-handers they've had, um, besides Sam Henches. Yeah, seen. he's almost yeah. a foot taller than me. So, <laughs> well, that, that's who you should have asked to hold the camera so you can get that high angle. Yeah. Next time, next time the Indians draft a six foot six left-hander, you gotta. Recruit him to hold a camera somewhere. Um, I've been really lazy. I Well, okay, I've been lazy. I've been doing a lot of writing for other stuff, and uh, I was sick all week, so I have not gotten around to my um, write-ups for our midseason rankings changes. So I'm going to get on that the next couple of days, and we'll have that out this week. Uh, I'll be in Lake County this week for a game Friday. Hopefully I'll see Daniel Spino pitch, but we'll see. I already seen him three times, so maybe I don't need to. But um, looking forward to seeing Jan Kenzie Noel as the uh, main slugger in the lineup now without George Valera. Boy, for a couple days there, they had George Valera and Jan Kenzie Noel. That seemed pretty unfair, but now it's just Tina and Noel. Um, so that's what I've got coming up. What about you, Joe? What are you? Uh, are you going back to the desert? Well, I'm not going to the game you tonight. The other desert. I'm here right now. No, I'm, I'll stay in Goodyear. Uh. Mm-hmm. I'll try to hit a couple games this week. I am the DSL team is getting more interesting to me. the The offense is just absolute and utter garbage on both teams, but <laughs> pitching is is fairly interesting. And I like to get to know these guys a little bit on paper before they show up uh, for spring training next year. So I'm kind of focusing on that. The pitching in, in Arizona is also really not the best. So. <laughs> It's all about those hitters. Yeah. And yeah, I like probably the San none Quint- of the. Yeah, San Quentin's heating oh, yeah. up. 
Tolentino's good. Burgos is good. Durango Green. Skeeling Rodriguez has hit fairly well recently. Uh, I probably I said that his name, name wrong. Uh, they just re-added Sterling Romero. So yeah, they, they've got a bunch of fun guys. Uh, one of the trying to think Richard Paz, I think it is looks exactly like Mikhail Ramirez used to. So I keep getting confused wondering why Mikhail Ramirez <laughs> is still here. Uh, <laughs> He's been crushing at Lynchburg. Yeah. So like the, uh, the offense in Arizona is great and the pitching is absolute rubbish. And, and it's the opposite in the Dominican where the pitching has been pretty good. And the offense is really lagging behind. Of course, in the Dominican, they've barely played a game. Because they had her or not hurricane tropical storm Grace came through last week mm-hmm. and washed out two days for the both Indians teams and it seems every game is getting stalled between the second and fifth inning and they just go oh we'll finish it sometime later <laughs> so I'm waiting for these triple headers where they knock out you know three games in one day starting at noon in 100 degree heat and finishing yeah. at night well at they start at 10, in 90 degree heat they start at 10:30 there in the morning <laughs> yes well it's only like 98 degrees i don't know i haven't been the dominican when when you uh when you fund my trip out there i'll go by then i'll be able to speak spanish <laughs> fluently so yeah we'll be able to afford that after you finish uh your uh your spanish classes i've been studying for like three years now <laughs> i don't think it's ever finished. oh you're not you're not doing the what, what's that what's that online class I, you can do for i don't know i do duolingo and i've been That's every, what, every no. single day for like two and a half years at this point what is that site that does it? Um, well, there's Babbel and there's... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I always want to learn Spanish. So yeah, by the time you're able to do that, we'll be able to, okay, that's to pay for your trip to the Dominican, I'm sure. <laughs> so keep an eye, keep an ear out for Joe's Dominican trip or you can, you know, you could follow him at IBI underscore Joe and contribute to the GoFundMe. Yeah, until I have to, to change to send GBI Joe to the Dominican. That's so terrible. GBI. I mean, you can keep it that way. I don't, you know, maybe it has to be. that's what it was. Oh yeah. I'm not paying. I don't pay money for things. Uh, <laughs> again, contribute to Joe's GoFundMe <laughs> to set a stone Definitely. and his trip to the Dominican. Uh, yeah, you could change. I thought, I thought there was a story why you said you weren't going to change it. You said, you don't know what that means. It doesn't mean Indian space on cider. It means. Yeah. I something. Might it. I don't know. Baseball inside. I don't know. <laughs> My handle probably will never change. It's JL underscore baseball. Back back in the day, my Twitter handle was next year in CLE, which would have been a good podcast name next year in Cleveland because, I don't know, that's pod, that's pro, prospects, hopefully. I don't know. Oh, um, mine was but CLE I'm, underscore it is gone. Never mind. You that's can follow joke. the official site that's account at official underscore IVI. <laughs> You can follow the account at official underscore IVI and you can um, subscribe and rate to the podcast. Uh, we would appreciate that. And you can request more of Joe or more of Stacy. Stacy has been a very popular request for the, the podcast and you can always subscribe to IVI at um, IndiansBaseballInsider.com. So Joe, thanks for talking to me for an hour and a half about everything and Nothing and nonsense. And all your goofy headlines. All right, we will uh, catch you all next week. Thanks. Buenas tardes. <laughs> <laughs>